0: Get ripple, the bright new drink event ring-a-ding flavor. Ripple. Oh, I didn't even tell you. I, tell me, I got a present for your dog, but I also have presents for you. Oh, I like presents. I just totally remembered as I'm hitting record. Okay, you want them want me to give them to you? Ready? Right Do now? you have them with you? Yeah, I brought them in. Oh, okay, sure. I got distracted by the drink and the. I mean, we've done already eight thousand things, and it's yeah, just getting you've started. You've been here for like half an hour, and we just hit record right now. Okay. okay, it's in a Goodwill bag. Well, of course. Where else do I <laughs> shop other than my own Trader closet? Joe's and Goodwill. Okay, there's four presents. Oh, this is the first one. Okay. You just reminded me of something. Okay. All right, so Rosa just handed me a black T-shirt that has oranges all over it i thought you could wear that too while you're checking for bad bugs on the citrus oh i like it it's from orange is the new black yeah but i mean but can, that's okay yeah it's, i mean I, I do love that show even though i only watched the first two seasons yeah i stopped watching it too but cool thank i just you. thought it was cute with the little oranges on it i like it okay next one here you go okay this looks like it might not fit me oh come on this is like a kid's small no it's not you can totally fit that. okay this says oh this has like a rosie the riveter type chick on it and she's got big old biceps and she's in front of a, an american flag, flag flexing and she's strapped and it says armed and dangerous that's kind of cute that's very good reminded me I of like you i like it okay i am armed and dangerous next one okay are you giving me a million presents right now i have four. Oh, okay Oh, God. I don't want it. Nope. Here you go. Nope. This is going in the bag of crap that you can win if you leave us a review. Oh, <laughs> I hate it. Wait. You have to explain what you're what you're touching right um, now. So, Rosa just handed me a doll before I even saw its face is when I made that reaction. Um, her skin, like, all right, this is a porcelain doll. She has a porcelain head and hands, but, like, she is legit porcelain white. She's, like has no blood in her like vampire doll body and she has like giant blown out i don't know what kind of drugs do that to your pupils like she's a black-eyed child yeah she's a little spooky she is super creepy um i love is, her she's i bet this thing is expensive she has a really cute outfit on really cute shoes i bet this is really worth something Should it go in the crap bag? Well, she also has a friend. Oh. (laughs) But, like, how cute. Her little shoes, don't they look like sisters? They do. Like, these are really well made. One is you and one is me. Fuck. All right. Do they need to be our mascots? I mean, do you want to keep them in your house? Not really. Oh, they're so creepy. I kind of thought we could do a giveaway for them if we wanted, or we could use them as our mascots for a little while and then give them away. Or if you really like them, I mean, you can put them on like a shelf somewhere. Um, I don't know if they want to live in my house. Don't they look like sisters, though? They do. They're super creepy. I kind of, I kind of think they should be our mascots for a while. I mean, we don't have our bat friend with us right now. We don't have it. Um, yeah, let's take some pictures for the gram. Okay, and they can be our mascots, and then we'll give them away after a while. Okay. Uh i do they're super like haunted looking they are it's their eyes and it's like the old timey clothing and the leather little shoes i think this one is you which one the one with the flowers okay you work well i like flowers too i don't know well we'll have to do a pull i oh that one has bigger lips they're pretty identical Okay, yeah, we'll post this. I think they're kind of cute, but like creepy cute, like super There's creepy cute. No need for their pupils to be that giant. Mm. Um, I also yeah, have kind of scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a giveaway gift for our crap bag. Okay, so if you leave us a review, you could potentially get this gift. I, I forgot to bring it in here. It's this really cool T-shirt that has this. I'll have to post a picture of it on the Instagram. Maybe we'll do it next week so people can see the prize and like work out. Or is to it a it? surprise prize? I think it should be a surprise. Okay. Prize. Well, if we draw your name, you'll get a surprise prize. You'll get this really cool T-shirt that I think is like a size medium, and it has this awesome like wood stamp print of this. What are they called? Get Venus flytrap. There, faster. <laughs> Trying to think of the name of the plant and I couldn't think of it. <laughs> it's like this giant Venus flytrap. It's really cool. Where did this come from? From goodwill. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some podcasts have budgets. Yeah, we have goodwill, but we have unique items that you will never find anywhere. Mm-mm. These are one of a kinds. Yeah, cool stuff, handpicked by us. Uh huh. Yeah, no one else has given you that kind it's of quality. It's like a Little House of Horrors Venus flytrap. Oh, uh, Audrey. Was that the name of it? hmm Oh, it's like that. It's really cool. Yeah. So. Very cool. How was your week? How was your um, drinking going or non-drinking going? Because uh, I see that you have a drink in front of you. I do have a drink in front of me, but it's uh, my homemade ginger ale. Okay. Mixed with this Evian mix thing that I just bought that has um, feel-good things in it. It has zinc and magnesium. It's Ooh, magnesium to, is supposed to be really good for you. It's also supposed to help you poop. Oh, you <laughs> uh, your pooping stories, right? It's supposed to help with like anxiety and stress, uh, and it's just like a bubbly can I water. Bathe in it. I go to grocery outlet and okay. get yourself a pack. Not sponsored, but it's lemon ginger flavored, mixed with my ginger ale, and I have a little mint sprig. But the drink is supposed to be like a Moscow Mule. Is there alcohol in it? yours is oh okay yeah yours has alcohol mine is also almost gone already well there's plenty more where that comes from how's your week i see you got your hair done i did it looks really good i like it i know she does a good job always always it looks very natural natural yeah it's a good color yeah she does a great job i i have my scheduled pickup of crap bags for monday Nice. So, but I will be continuing to pull certain items to give to listeners. I found this bracelet made out of like turquoise. Ooh. Like real turquoise. Oh, wow. And it's um all kinds of skulls, like skull beads. Okay. Like a beaded turquoise skull bracelet. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's it's been good. Life's good. Okay. I have a thing. That just happened today. Do you know like when you're kind of just cruising Instagram and TikTok and whatever and you get like targeted ads and mm-hmm. stuff and you impulse buy a random shit that you don't need? Uh, yeah, I know that well. Have you ever impulse bought 25 chickens? Um, That is one of the few things that I haven't purchased. Well, I bought 25 chickens today. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's my exciting event. Um, when are these chickens coming? In a couple of days, I think. <laughs> this was a targeted ad it's for you? a whole you? lot of chickens. Yeah. whole lot of chickens. It's a whole lot of chickens. I love chickens. I, I think have chickens. Yeah. But did you ever buy 25 at once? Mm, I know. Nope. Mm-mm. So I think I the most know. I bought at once was seven. That's a lot. It was. Seven's a lot. Not as many as 25. No. But uh, I think it's like the beginning signs of a midlife crisis when you... Instead of cats because you're allergic to cats. Oh, my gosh. Is that what it is? You can't have cats, so you're going chicken crazy. I guess so. You're going to be the crazy chicken Chicken lady. lady. Yeah. Yeah. I already named my farm. I sent you the text earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Fancy mother cluckers. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. I think it should be fancy mother cluckers and the crazy chicken lady. Is that too long of a name for no, a farm? No, that could be like the little tagline underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your next star crazy chicken lady. That's my life. That's so fantastic. Chickens. So um, I can't wait till they come. We'll I'm going to name each and every single one of them. You can do that. You're allowed. This makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me a story. Okay. So last week, Reza, you told us this story. That was a listener request. hmm About... Dyatlov, I don't remember how to say it. <laughs> Dyatlov, Dyatlov, Dyatlov. I think it's Dyatlov. Yes. Uh huh. And the crazy story that happened with the hikers that just eyes, tongues, madness. Yeah. All kinds of deadies yeah. and radiation and everything mm-hmm. else. And you would think that after hearing a story like that, you know, the whole idea of hiking in Russia would probably be like low on your priority list, right? Probably, But the Russians, as we know, are some hard people and they don't give up for anything. So apparently back in the 90s, people were still hiking in the mountains of Russia. Yeah, they they drink that vodka and they go. They go. So apparently Russians are very serious about their hiking. And I'm going to tell you another story about a group of Russian hikers. That go missing? Well, or do I have to listen? Tell you. I'm jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. Okay. And this particular story took place in the Siberian wilderness on August 10th of 1993. Five days after my birthday. Actually, some very important stuff happens on your birthday. (gasps) Yeah. So it's it's gonna kind of go back and forth during that like week in August of 1993. Okay. So on this particular day of August 10th. Of 1993, a group of kayakers were paddling down a river at the base of the Humar-Dabar Mountains. <laughs> so, no, I, I, sorry, I skipped there because I actually left out the second word and I only put Humar Mountains. S- what? Is this in Russia? This is in Russia. Okay, so it's not snowing because they're kayaking. Correct. So it's not like- I mean, I think you could probably kayak... Like when the snow, when the ice melts off the water. But this was in August. This is summertime. Oh, sure. I didn't. Okay. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And we'll talk more about temperatures in a little while. But yeah, they're paddling down. They're having a good time. This is a bunch of tourists. They are doing the thing. And this is like a pretty popular tourist destination. And actually, now that you pull it up, I sent you a picture of this mountain range and that beautiful lake in the middle. And it like as the snow melts in the summertime, in the spring, You know, there's a bunch of rivers that lead down. Very green. I would like just looking at this picture. I would not think this was Russia at all, right? Because you always think of Russia as being just a giant ice sheet. this looks all the time. Looks like like Ohio. Like it could be like our mountains. Oh, okay. I'm gonna make you stop just for a second because I had a listener totally making fun of me or us for that matter. For what? So remember when. We asked Surrey what the temperature in Russia was right now. Yeah. Did you know that Russia's like covers more landmass than anywhere else? Yeah, it's pretty much the entire world. <laughs> I think we mentioned that though. I didn't. Or maybe you did and it didn't like register with me. But like asking freaking Surrey what the temperature was is like asking like... I, I guess it could have been like anywhere, and like because it's yeah, so huge, it's massive. It's pretty much Russia is the entire world, and then like <laughs> I we're did not are the realize little that. tiny <laughs> islands surrounding it. No, I did not. Yeah, know that. I, I thought we had talked about that, but yeah, Russia's freaking huge. I yeah. So they were they were making fun of oh, us. Well, I mean, there's plenty of things to make fun <laughs> of us for. So, um, <clears throat> okay, so they're paddling down. Uh, <laughs> Tell me when I need to go to the next picture. They shouldn't even be surprised considering we can't even identify states of our own country. Oh, yeah. Like on that beer bottle, it was like... I wouldn't have known what state it was. I read it. I don't even remember Utah. what it was. was, it was it yeah. 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 All right. Paddling. Enjoying themselves. Having this great time on this summer day. And they are looking at like all of the beautiful trees and the the i don't know wildlife and stuff and they start to see something like in the woods and they're kay. like thinking like oh what is it what's over there is it a fox is it a bear is it a wolverine whatever so something furry oh no oh. but still it was just like something there and they, they take note of it mm-hmm. and as they get closer this creature stops and it's standing on two legs and then they notice it's staring directly at them it's a donkey lady and as they move closer they realize it's a young woman oh it's a human she's covered in fur blood oh (laughs) well that's scary that's a lot scarier than fur that's exactly what they thought and at first, they were a little bit freaked out, and they contemplated paddling away. Oh, sad. As fast as they could. That's terrible. But after giving it a little bit of thought, they decided that she really needed help. Yeah, you think? She looked like she had suffered some terrible accident, and they went back to help her. But initially, she just stared at them, and she would not make a sound and not respond they shouted at her and asked if she needed help, but she just kind of stared blankly. And She's like in shock. It took them a while to convince her to come with them and that they would take her to safety and they would take her to, you know, a hospital, a police station, whatever did, she needed. Did she have clothes on? She did have clothes on. Okay. But she was in an area where you couldn't easily access it from a local town. Like she was way, way out there in the wilderness. Like someone dropped her there maybe. Right. So she starts talking to them and she's just in hysterics. She comes out of this catatonic state and she's just screaming and crying. And what she says to them is they're all dead. They're all dead. Oh, this is like the scariest movie. Like, I feel like this is a movie. Well, It could be. It might be. I didn't look into that, but it very well could be. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was. And so they take the bloody girl, they get her medical care and they get her to talk to some police and try to figure out what happened. But what she ended up telling them was so scary and so terrifying that they thought that she must be mistaken and that like this crazy Story coming out of her mouth couldn't possibly tr- be true, and she was just in a state of shock. So she kind of goes in and out of this catatonic, like frozen, can't sit, talk at all, yeah, like trauma, and then just like word vomit, like spilling mm-hmm. all of this crazy stuff. So the police are trying to put things together. And what they how old is she approximately? Um, I think she was like 16, 17. I have okay. her age a little bit further okay. down the story. But what they find out is that her name is Valentina. Valentina? Valentina. Uh-huh. And she goes by Valya. Utachinko. Um, mm-hmm. Utachinko, I think. Chenko. Utichenko. We're going to go with that. Sure. And she was one of six students at a summer backpacking trip led by 41-year-old Ludamila Korovina. And Ludamila was an experienced hiking instructor and survivalist and they always she, are they always are. And remember how last week we were talking about different like levels, like mm-hmm. different ranks of hikers. Mm-hmm. She was considered a master level, which I'm assuming is very high. Sure. And she was known to be a really tough instructor and she pushed her students to do their very best. She was super dedicated to her job and she cared really, really deeply about teaching these students. And she kind of created like a close bond with them um she reminds me like when I played this movie in my head of Monica from cheer oh okay so she's like super tough but they all respect her and love her but she expects the best Mm -hmm. from them got it and she not only taught them survival skills but she taught them a lot of different life skills that transferred into all aspects of of life like a mother figure or an older sister right? like yeah someone that you trust and yeah right some of her former students said that they they felt like she built a lot of confidence in them and she taught them to be strong but not arrogant and um people were really lucky if they got to be instructed by her so eight days earlier before our bloody girl was picked up by a kayak uh, Ludmila had organized this backpacking trip to the peak of Humar Duban, and those—that's the mountain range that I'm telli- showing you. Okay. And it's one of the oldest mountain ranges, like ever. And I think it was one of the very first to thoroughly be mapped, like in the history of the world. Oh, wow! And she would lead 17-year-old Valya, our bloody girl, Valentina, Valentina, 24-year-old Tatiana Filipenko. 19-year-old Denis Savachkin, 16-year-old Victoria Zelsov, and 15-year-old Tumar Bapanov, which I'm sure I didn't pronounce any I, of those last names correctly. I was going to say, your names seem a lot easier to pronounce than mine were the previous week. I'm probably doing it entirely wrong, but I'm just powering through and Do hoping it. that I get it right. If You know what? If, if, it, if you make it sound like you know what you're talking about, I'll totally believe you. That's the rule of the podcast. (laughs) Just say it with confidence, and it must be true. Uh, And then finally, twenty-three-year-old Alexander, aka Sasha Chrysan, who Ludmilla knew him for like his entire life, and she considered him to be like her adoptive son. Okay. So they had like a really close bond, and he was kind of just assisting at this point because he was a very experienced hiker already. So this trip would earn the student hikers miles so that they could work towards these certifications to be survivalists and tour guides. And it wasn't a particularly grueling hike. It was considered to be about a moderate level, and it was a difficulty level of about three out of five. Okay, so hard, but not crazy and right. ridiculous. And it there was... It's it's a fairly popular hiking destination. It wasn't like they were exploring new territory that had never been trekked before. Like this mm-hmm. was a well known trail. It was a well known hike, and it, it, to me, like I, I, I mean, know a lot of our listeners aren't from California, but it sounds like maybe a hike that you would take in Mammoth or like Half Dome. Yosemite mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah, so. Uh, I have the picture that you're already looking at. And as you can see, it's kind of like a crescent mountain range, like kind of encompasses this lake. And it's super scenic. But the mountain range, unlike Mammoth or Yosemite, is probably, since as we talked about earlier, Russia is most of the world, <laughs> uh, pretty much if you were to go from like... San Diego up to Santa Barbara so like half of California is the size of this range and that's the hike they're doing oh no 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 no! that's just the size of the range itself. oh got it so okay. it's like a huge massive wilderness park yeah it's I mean yeah it's hard to judge from this picture but that's I mean if you're saying Santa Barbara to San Diego. That's that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of miles. Uh huh. It's very very far. So it took the hikers about two days to get up the mountain, which was actually a little faster than that they had planned. Like you know, they've got the adrenaline going; they're super pumped, excited. They're a bunch yeah. of you know teenagers, young twenties, and they took in the view. They stopped for, for some snacks. They took some photos, and then they begin to descend back down the mountain. And actually, really quick, Rose, I skipped some of the pictures. So if you scroll down, Mm -hmm. uh, you should see a picture of Ludamella. Okay, that's the teacher? Yeah, and that picture, it's kind of hard to judge because it's in black and white, so it makes it seem a lot older. Yeah, she looks like a 50s movie star. Right, but I'm assuming that it's like probably her faculty picture or something like that. Oh, like a yearbook photo. Right, so if you scroll down a little bit more, it gives you a better idea of, you know, she looks totally 90s. Kind of hippie, like a 90s hippie. hippie. Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. she hikes for a living. So, And then if you scroll down one more, you'll see a picture of the entire team. And this is when I think they're at the summit. So they all have their backpacks. And it's hard to tell because, again, it's in black and white. And I think it's in black and white probably because it came from a newspaper. Okay. But this is 93, so... You know they've got some 90s styles going on a couple other pictures showed them in like crop tops and stuff so yeah you know, i mean they just look like of... a young group of hikers they have the, right. the big huge backpacks with like the metal frames and they all have their little pole like hiking poles and stuff right so they they were super ambitious they were making great time they had beautiful weather they got to the top of the hill they took their pictures they ate lunch And then they started heading back down the hill. And they had planned to meet up with Ludamilla's daughter, Natalia. And Natalia was also a hiking guide. And she was leading another group of people who were taking kind of the lower route. So a little bit of an easier hike, I assume, through kind of the forested area. And they were going to cross paths and then finish out the hike together. So as they were heading back down to meet her... Uh, they had like certain waypoints that they wanted to hit and so that they could meet up at that rendezvous spot at the correct time. However, as the group was heading down, it started raining. Okay. Which is kind of an unexpected thing to happen. You know, it's summertime, they had forecasted really great weather and this rain hits them and they're like, well, you know what, let's power through. We're going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have another choice. Right. So, well... They kind of did, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) So they're hoping to power through. And at this time, they're above the tree line and they're thinking, okay, once we get down to the forest below, we'll have a little bit of shelter for the night. But what happened is their gear started getting wet. And as their gear got wet, it got heavier Mm -hmm. and heavier. And some of these people were younger and weren't quite as experienced. And they just were starting to break down. Those backpacks are huge to begin with right so if they're sopping wet i can't imagine how super heavy they are yeah so luna Milla thought that it would be a good idea to go ahead and set up camp for the night and that would give her team a chance to rest and they would just wake up early in the morning and you know make it down to the forest to their waypoint as early as they could so after sleeping off the long day uh towards the early part of the morning it started to get really windy as like I think the storm was moving through so at about four in the morning some of the stakes from their tent had blown off and they had to get up and reset them and then around six in the morning it was still you know kind of windy and they're like forget it you know we're not going to sleep anymore let's go ahead and get up and start getting ready for the day so they were actually able to have a little fire and warm up and dry off their gear and then they had a breakfast to kind of fuel up for the day. And then they got packed up and ready around 6 a.m. So they're they're starting early and they're going to go ahead and meet up with Natalia. I feel like that's kind of an, a normal like if hiking thing. Like I feel like they don't really like sleep in a lot. If you're going out on a hiking excursion, you wake up, you get going. Right. Yeah. It seems about right. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of what seemed to have happened. And I should preface this by I actually should have said this at the beginning. There are... A lot of details of this story that change depending on who you're talking to and what your source you're getting it from. Mm. And we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end or maybe even in part two of this episode because there is a reason why the story changes. The story changes. Okay. But I'm just giving you the most. General. Commonly told story. Of this series of events. Okay. It's like a choose your own adventure story. Yeah. And we'll do that next episode. Fantastic. But I let me just. I love those books. Um, give you this version. So. Uh, as they're getting ready. Natalia is leading her group to the. Through the forest to meet up with her mom around lunchtime. And she waited there, and after a few hours, she decided to just go ahead and continue on without meeting up with her mom. Because sometimes, like, I guess if you're an experienced hiker, you realize, like, things happen. And it wasn't that big of a deal to her that her mom didn't meet up with her at At the rendezvous mm -hmm. point. Uh, And she figured, you know, maybe the storm had put them a little bit behind schedule. And this is 96. 93. Oh, 93. And they didn't have radios or anything. It was just kind of... And they had, I guess, four meeting points. So, like, if one of them didn't work out, they would meet him at the next one. Okay. So, it was kind of just, like, this was the plan. Like, okay, I'm going to wait from this time to this time. If you don't show up, I'll meet you at the next, got it, point. Okay. And being that there was an unpredicted storm, it's like, okay, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Little did she know that something much worse happened to the group of hikers. Great. So just minutes after the group had finished their breakfast and got back on the trail, Sasha, who was at the rear of the group of hikers, so imagine them all hiking in a line. Okay. Luda is leading. Mm Mm-hmm. Sasha is at the back. Got it. So he trips and kind of falls on the ground and everybody turns around to see what happened. Okay. And he just like collects himself and brushes himself off and they're like, okay, whatever. But then he trips again and they're like, whoa, that's unusual. He's like the biggest, strongest guy. But he gets up and he walks a little bit more and then he trips for a third time. But on this third time, he didn't get up and Sasha starts to seize. Oh, scary. Is that the correct word? Yes. When you have a seizure? Yes. On You're the seizing. ground. I have a dog with Seizures. With Caesars? Caesars. Caesar, Caesar dressing. <laughs> um, so he starts to seize. And the group immediately rushes to his aid. And Ludamella rushes from the front of the group up to the back and, you know, helps him. And she's holding him. And like she's never seen him do this before. And, and she's known him his entire life. So she says she's going to stay with him and she just urges the rest of the group go ahead, go down the mountain into the forest, meet up with Natalia, and get what's going on. Uh huh. Which seems reasonable, right? Absolutely. So they're kind of shaken up and they start heading down the hill. But just minutes later, they hear Ludamella screaming. So they turn around to see what's wrong with her and she starts yelling for help. So they run back up the hill. And once they get close enough, they see that pink. Foam is frothing out of her mouth. What the hell? And not only is her mouth pouring with blood, but so is Sasha's and his eyes and his Uh, ears. What is happening? His eyes look huge, like he's just absolutely terrified. And soon, Ludamilla begins to convulse as well, and blood just starts pouring all over her face. So, of course, the other group members rush to help Tatiana uh, runs towards them but as she gets close enough she grabs her own throat as if she's choking and then she falls to the ground and begins to crawl to a nearby rock. She grips onto this rock as she's just holding on for dear life but then she wraps her arms all the way around and begins bashing her own head stop it repeatedly into the stone until the other group members hear a crack no why didn't they grab her limp so then victoria and tamar both run over and they're trying to help you know grab onto her and so they were trying to help her so they, they were and tamar he starts just going mad as they describe it and he starts grabbing his clothes and ripping his clothes off and again grabbing his throat and it isn't long before he falls to the ground so then victoria she starts doing the same thing she's grabbing her clothes clawing at her own skin and that's when Valya, our our bloody girl from the very beginning Uh uh-huh she tries to stop her and she grabs her arms to get her to stop clawing on herself. Mm-hmm. Well, Victoria turns and bites her in oh the arm. Oh my god. So she starts to run away. And it, it isn't long before before both uh Victoria and Tumar are also on the ground just bleeding out of all of their face holes and seizing and then eventually just go motionless. Um Dennis who is the other remaining person is hiding behind a boulder and soon they realize that those are the only two left that are still somewhat sane and they kind of make eye contact with each other what the fuck? and um they eventually decide that it's safe for them to just go and meet together and they're holding on to each other because they're the only two left it seems and are Dennis- the other ones all dead they don't know at this point, Uh huh. but they're, they're just kind lying of scared on the ground, of them, obviously, motionless. And Dennis tells Valya to run towards the forest. He's going to go grab some supplies and they'll meet down there. So uh-uh, she no, takes off running. No. And she's just in such a state of panic that she's running and running and running until she can't run anymore. And eventually she gets to a point where it's. She's out in the middle of the forest somewhere. She doesn't know where she is. It's cold. It's windy. And she crawls into her sleeping bag and she either falls asleep or blacks out and doesn't wake up until the morning. So she had her supplies with her. She didn't like drop everything and just run. She had some supplies with her. Uh So the way that they kind of describe it is that like different people of the groups carried different supplies, just kind of balanced it out based on how big you were, how much you could carry. And they all kind of supported each other. So once she got to the forest, she really just had a tent and a sleeping bag. She didn't really have anything else. And when she woke up in the morning, she was just shocked that she was even alive Mm -hmm. and kind of in disbelief that what had happened had actually happened. So she kind of collects her thoughts. She realizes she doesn't know where she is. She doesn't have any supplies and she doesn't know if anybody's alive. hmm So she makes this terrible decision to have to make and decides to go back. Oh, my gosh. To see what happened to all of her friends. So she retraces her steps and somehow, like, finds her way back to this area and... She sees that everybody, including Dennis, who she was supposed to meet with, was dead. Oh, no. Everybody was dead. I thought he would still... Nope. So she, as quickly as possible, grabs what little supplies she can get. Um, And I say that because she... Didn't want to be there long. Abs- no, I don't blame her. I, I probably wouldn't have even gone back if it were me. I would be too afraid to go I back. I think I would have too. So she grabs supplies and she heads out. And she doesn't really know where she's going, but in the distance, she can see some power lines and she kind of heads there. And she follows these power lines until they kind of dip down to a river. And then once she gets to the river, she follows the path of the river, knowing that, like, as a survivalist, that's usually a good thing, a to, good thing to do. You follow um, the path of water. Usually it's going to lead you into a, a town, a city, something with civilization. She ends up walking alone for four days until she's rescued by these kayakers. Wow. yeah, That's a really long time. To not see anybody else. Everybody you know is just dead. You would think it was like something out of, um, what was that, zombie TV show? The Walking Dead. Like, like you're the only one. Very apocalyptic. Uh Uh-huh. That's very scary. Yep. (laughs) So here's where things get even more weird and suspicious. Okay. So... Do I need to move my pictures at all? So yeah, Rose. If you scroll down to the next picture, mm-hmm. you'll see that's the last picture—not necessarily the last picture. I think there's some more, but that's the last campsite that they set up. This so that has was so many parallels to the Dyatlov. Oh, and there's going to be so many more. Okay. I don't think people should hike in Russia anymore. Um, this yeah. Takeaway. But then again, as we discussed earlier, Russia is pretty much the entire planet so if you know if every like 60 years or so they lose a few like they're doing all right yeah I guess so um so that picture shows where they set up camp for the very last time and they're definitely like in like like slickers like raincoats I mean it looks cold it's not a sunny you know it almost looks like there's snow on the ground even though it's a black and white There's Mm -hmm. like little patches of snow. Yeah. So it it definitely got colder than they had expected. Um, They had forecasted it to be kind of in the 60s because it's a summer day. And they were supposed to have like sunny weather and, and clear skies. But when the storm moved in, it dropped down to the... 50s like low 50s okay it was raining it was like a little bit of snow but i don't think it was you know enough to stick mm-hmm. and it was a very windy so it was this cyclone that moved in from mongolia and that means nothing to me Mm-mm. but that's what they called it mongolian cyclone is a cyclone like a tornado i don't know but we'll talk about that more next episode when okay. we discuss the different versions of this story. When, and we, some of the when we look up what a cyclone is. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like something from Dairy Queen. No, that's a blizzard. No, I think they have a cyclone too. Oh, yeah? I think so. Okay. It's been I'll a while. look up that really quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, 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 so, when the group was initially reported missing, which wasn't for quite a while because, like I said, they kind of expected delays in hiking trips like that. No search parties were sent out to look for them. Why? It wasn't until Valia was picked up by the kayakers and she told her story that police on, to police on August 10th that the police considered sending out a recovery crew, but that recovery crew didn't go out until August 24th. Oh, what? So that was two weeks after Valia was found and 19 days after the group first like left for their hike. There's not going to be much of them to pick up. Well, I have a video of that. Oh, fantastic. Okay. But first, um, the crew that found the dead described it as, quote, "...the picture was absolutely terrible." the bodies were swollen everyone's eyes and tongues were completely gone almost all of the victims were dressed in leotards while three were barefoot the leader was lying on top of alexandra so sasha so uh-huh. ludmila was lying on top of sasha and then the autopsy Wait, was, he, was he he was the first one that that fell collapsed. okay got right. it and she stayed with him or tried to st- help right. him okay uh huh so the autopsy report concluded that they had all died of, do you want to guess? Hypothermia. Ding, ding, ding. hmm Hypothermia, except for Ludomilla, who had suffered a heart attack. They all had signs of bruised lungs and protein deficiencies due to malnutrition, which was listed as a contributing factor to their deaths. They had just had breakfast. Mm -hmm. Their deaths were ultimately ruled to be accidental. Huh, interesting. The hell's happening in Russia? So was this a cover-up? Yes. So why didn't they report on the injuries that Valia witnessed? And why were their eyes and tongues missing from their bodies? Ask the Dyatlov people the same question. So, I am going to now send you a video of the crew who responded to, like, the recovery. Uh-huh. And you can watch. I mean, they kind of blur out the the gory parts, but I just want you to describe, like, what's going on. And if you want to read the subtitles for us, like, what they're describing. Okay. And um, I think I- we'll... Go ahead. We'll finish up on that. We'll post all of this on the Instagram. mm mm-hmm and next time like whenever we put out another episode hopefully we'll do it in like a couple of days mm-hmm. yeah sure so that way people don't have to wait too long to, to see out. what happens uh, we'll discuss some of the theories and like what the hell happened do i need to scroll down any more of these still pictures um yeah these are still pictures i'll have to send you the link right now to the youtube video but mm-hmm. the last picture is valya today okay yeah, I, I was really good and didn't peek at the pictures before. Oh, I'm sorry. So if you go down further. Oh, okay. Um, So that picture is a map of the route that they took. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see, like, it was this little horseshoe shape that went from the lake up to this mountain peak and then back down through the forest back to the lake. And you can kind of see... Um, where everything went wrong so if you want to describe that for our listeners a little bit so it looks they have a starting point and then it kind of curves around it says groups last campsite like with a little dot and then right next to that little dot practically it says the six hikers die and then there's a little line that goes out that says Valentina is found and there's a Couple dotted lines that would have continued the horseshoe where they were supposed to meet the other group and their ending point, but I mean, where they all die is so close to their campsite. It's and then poor little Valentina just takes off to the to the woods there. So you can see that she actually uh, unknowingly went away from the direction that they were headed. Supposed to go. Hmm. Okay. So. Here is the video. So I'm going to go ahead and read the subtitles. And you can watch the video. And uh, and this video takes place... How many days after? So it was two weeks after they died. 19 days after they left for the hike. Okay. So they've been out there for a while. Yeah. And these guys are going to recover the bodies. But as they're doing that, one of... The recovery people, for whatever reason, is kind of telling the story that they were told from Valia. Okay. (laughs) So he's retelling her story. Right. So I'll go ahead and read the subtitles, and you can at the end tell me what you saw on the video. So, from Valia's testimony on August 5th, my birthday, (laughs) 10 o'clock in the morning, Sasha came and said that they were all wet and freezing, and it is snowing. Landmarks are not visible. Collected the backpacks and the tents and began to go down, towards the snowy valley past 10 meters. Sasha began to fall and tried to get him up, but he fell again. Ludimela remaining with him and the rest. The rest were ordered to go down, but almost immediately, she stopped the group and asked someone to come get her. Tanya took out a tent and they covered with it. Went up to Ludmilla. Sasha's eyes were huge, blank stare. Ludmilla felt for a pulse and said that the heart was not beating. Asked to drag Vika down, went up to her, and she bit me. I dragged her to the rest. Tatiana began to beat her head into the rocks. Dennis hid behind the stones and climbed into a sleeping bag. I crawled to Ludimilla, and she did not breathe. I tried to raise Tumar, Realizing that no one was moving, I began to go down to the trees, dressed and lay in the sleeping bag, covered with a tent. In the morning, I went up and saw Tanya on the rocks. Dennis, Tumar, Vika. Above Sasha and Ludimilla, none of them rose again. Oh, I have so many thoughts right now. Tell me. Tell me all of them. Okay. So just looking at those images there, it looks like an accident. It looks like, I mean, I've never seen a, a bad accident, thankfully, but like there's just bodies, you know, strown about sprung, strown, thrown. I'm mixing the words. There. <laughs> I just think like, I know what you mean, though there's like strewn is that the word doesn't sound weird bodies strewn about yeah there's just bodies everywhere and they're not like lined up neatly um it it just looks like there was an accident and they just fell I I, so it sounds so stupid describing it that way but that's just what it looks like to me and I mean it, it you can't really tell, or maybe I just didn't pay attention enough to to the background, but you can't really tell, like, what elevation they're at or anything, if it's really high or low or whatever, and it doesn't look like it's super crazy terrain, like, it doesn't look really, really rocky, like, you know, they're putting bolts on the side of a mountain to, to repel or anything. It's just, like, walking. Those other people that are coming out to, to find the bodies are just walking. They're in normal clothes and everything. So it's not like it's a a very treacherous where there could have been a landslide or an avalanche or something. Right. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about some of those things that you touched on, because um, the spot that she picked for them to rest that night was very barren. There was no tree cover really. It's just kind of like this open, flat area. There's a couple boulders around, but other than that, it's just like an open like prairie. Yeah, sort so of it looks thing. like, yeah, just a valley that's a mm-hmm. flat area to put up a tent. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about the elevation. They were definitely acclimated to high elevations um and it wasn't anything that they required like supplemental oxygen or anything like that mm-hmm. to get to. But that's definitely uh, feeds into a lot of the theories that people have about like what happened. Um, and then what else did you mention? The high, Kind of how they're... Oh, yeah, yeah. You said they're like strewn about. like mm-hmm. They're just like they look like a bunch of people just collapsed like in these weird kind of unnatural positions. And when typically somebody experiences hypothermia according to some of the experts that i listened to you do uh, potentially run into that paradoxical par- undressing is that how you say that word Paradoxal. paradox now i doing it paradoxical I- doxial that's not right paradox par- when when you get so cold you that get hot <laughs> and you rip off all of your Paradoxial. clothes So, yeah, there is a point where you can kind of act crazy like that. But typically when you're in that final stage of hypothermia, you find a place that you kind of just crawl into or under and get into like a fetal position and die. Do you have any theories so far just based off of the information that... Yeah, I'm going with my first... The one that first came into my head. Okay, tell me about it. I think they ate something that like poisoned them. Oh. And maybe this uh, Valentina... She didn't eat it. Okay. That's a really good theory because they had breakfast that morning. Mm -hmm. And shortly after having that breakfast, they start walking and maybe they start like they freaking out, poisoned mushrooms or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good theory. I like that one. Um, The only thing so far that would kind of contradict that would be the autopsy reports saying that they were malnutritioned. Right. And that they died of hypothermia. Okay. So that's another thing. And maybe the weather changes quickly, obviously, like, you know, over that amount of time. But the guys that were on the rescue mission, like, to retrieve the bodies, they weren't in, like, heavy parkas or snow clothes. They were, like, in jeans and t-shirts. Right. And, like, 90s windbreakers. Uh Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Definitely. Members, Members only status. For sure. Um. So yeah, we'll definitely touch on that. There's a lot of information about the weather changes that really brings up more uh questions and answers, of course. But next time,
1: we'll, we'll hear all about it.
0: Find find out more about missing tongues and eyes. Yeah, I think we can solve it. Okay. I think we can do it next I, episode. We'll I mean, figure it out. I feel like I'm I can do it. Okay, isn't that the whole manifesting like believe it, achieve it? Yeah, the secret. Mm-hmm. Oprah did it. So it's going to be really hard for me not to find out what happens. I'll be good. I promise. I won't listen to podcasts about this. I won't do some Google searches about it. I will I will not do anything until you tell me what happens. Okay. But it's going to be hard. Don't do it. Okay. I won't. All right. Uh, so I'm going to play our favorite game, Two Truths and a Lie. Okay. About Russia. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ready? Ready. The game Super Mario Brothers originally came from Russia. No. Russia's cats have jobs. Oh. Russia's stray dogs can navigate the metro. Oh. Okay. I believe both of those. I'm going to go with Mar. I mean... I feel like that's the obvious one though. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Mario. I think cats definitely in Russia, cats go to work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I could totally see Russian dogs like just on a metro? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Final answer. Final answer. You're correct. I am so good at this I, game. You really are. It sucks. I'm really, really good at this game. So Tetris. Came from Russia. I can kinda of see that you stack the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds um, German. Yeah, sorry, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I can barely speak English. I cannot do accents. So Tetris was actually invented in 1984 in the USSR by programmer and scientist Alexia Pazhajova. Yes, that that name. Um. So Russia's cats, there's this museum, um, the Hermitage Museum. Um, It's a national treasure of Russia, and cats are a treasure of the museum. These guardians protect priceless works of art from rats and are valued by the whole staff. Each cat even has a personal passport with the photo and receives a regular salary. Okay, that's actually way more normal than I was expecting. How cute is that? It is, but like, I I don't know. I just envisioned Russia, like, them doing some much harder work than just being cats. No, they're just being cats. They're doing their job. Okay. You catch the rat. You are a cat. Russia's stray dogs. They can navigate the metro. Mm -hmm. It says to survive the city's harsh winters, Moscow's dogs had had to develop street smarts while exploring the city's beautiful metro system. You might spot one of its clever canine residents hopping on and off the trains. They have learned to identify metro stops by like the announcements that the I guess engineer makes Mm -hmm. while others have befriended security guards. And like the St. Petersburg's cats, they keep the rat population down. Okay. I think that is the cutest. I cannot imagine seeing Fido, like, oh, I'm waiting for my stop. <laughs> like, how cute is I that? I would love that. I, I would know. love to see the local dogs as I went on public transportation. But then I go to the question of why are there so many stray dogs? Why not people mean, we spay have stray dog- and neuter. Yeah, We have stray dogs all over the place here. I know. I don't like it. But I wonder if that's even legal in Russia. To spay and neuter yeah, your dog? Yeah, there's a lot of countries where it's not. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And there's a lot of countries, too, where like you can't dock ears and tails. And well, stuff. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> My dog with the docked tail. My dog right has a docked tail, too. But I didn't do it. Did you know that their tails are docked because they didn't want to pay taxes on them in Australia? I found that out on TikTok yesterday. Because if your dog has a tail, you pay a tax? Yep. What? In Australia, in order to identify the working dogs, working Australian cattle dogs, distinguish them from dingoes, they docked their tails because otherwise they could be, like, shot, you know? If there's, like, a dingo getting in with the cattle, you can shoot it. Right. And that would have a tail. Right. But then what happened was Australia started taxing pet dogs but if your tail your dog's tail was docked it wasn't a pet it was a working dog so it didn't get taxed so they that's how they got out of pain Uh uh-huh all right well I'm gonna be good and not do any of my own research and you will record again soon so we can find out what the hell happens yeah I'm really curious maybe Sunday All right. Well, until then, don't forget to be a fountain. And not a drain. Bye. Bye.